my name is Rachel Turner and I get to spend this morning with you. I'm really sad I didn't get to be there for your whole weekend. Um, I've spent some time, some of you may recognize me because I've gotten to come over and visit you guys quite a, a lot, well some, and uh, I get to spend this morning with you as part of your weekend talking about spirit-fueledness. Uh, is that a word? Spirit-fueledness? Well, today we're talking about having a spirit-fueled home because to me, the, that's the like, the bit of the core of everything. When I'm home, I'm at my most me. I'm, you know, dancing around the kitchen in my pajamas, and I'm singing in the shower, and I'm the most meanness with me. And if you have a family, you might be the most you-ness at you with your family, or if you don't live with other people, you're the most you-ness at you at home. Either way, whether you live with people or not, you're sort of the most you and relaxed at home. And that's where God wants to be fueling us too, not just out in the world at school or at work, but also in the privacy and the authenticness of our homes. And when I began to think about this, about spirit-fueled, I thought, oh, fuel! I bet we're going to talk about fire and how God is like fire. So I had all my fire stuff ready. I was like, yes, <laughs> I get to light things on fire. And I, I had all sorts of stuff, and I was going to get a thing. And and as I was praying about how we talk about it and how God is going to be like fire, he was like, no, that's not what we're talking about today. We're not going to talk about how God is like fire, the fuel of fire, which made me slightly sad because I like fire. But nope, not today. Today, <laughs> today, we're going to be talking about how God fuels our home. And I think less like fire and more like oxygen. Because our bodies are designed to need oxygen. Oxygen is in the air we breathe. It's all around us. It's what we do when we breathe in and out. You know, if you're breathing, you're constantly breathing, and you're taking in the oxygen and the other gases that are in the air around you. You're taking in the air, and your body's doing amazing things with it. Then you breathe out the extra bits that you don't need, and in and out, in and out, your body is taking in what you need in every moment of every day because your body can't function without this air that's around us. It, it can't produce what it needs to be able to grow or divide or produce what it needs. It is the essential building blocks of how we function. Scientists, you can fill this in later for each other if you would like to. I'm married to a physicist. I got a lot of information about energy transfer <laughs> that we could talk about later if you want. But air is around us and is something that our bodies need to do that. And I believe that in our homes, in our everyday lives, we need God, not necessarily our bodies, but we need God in the how we were madeness of us, in our hearts and our minds and how we think and how we love and how we process our days and how we sleep. We are designed to have God be an essential part of every one of the bits of how we operate inside. And when we don't have that, Something happens to us, I think, sort of like when we don't have oxygen. If you don't have oxygen, if you don't have air, you can feel it in your body. You can feel it. And we're going to try it now. So I want everybody, everybody to try this. I'm going to ask everybody to stand up. Yes, stand up. If you are short, if you are on the shorter end, feel free to stand on a chair 
or to uh, ask someone near you to uh, help you up someplace tall so that you can feel like you're, all your heads are in a general same direction, right? Stand up, there you go, put things underneath. And what I'm gonna ask us to do is we are all going to hold our breaths to just experience what it's like to deny your body the ability to take in the air around you. So we're gonna hold our breaths and when you can't hold your breath anymore, I want you to go <laughs> and I want you to sit down and we're gonna see who can hold their breath the longest in this room. Now, because I'm not there, I can't see you necessarily. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna give us two minutes. If anyone is lasting more than two minutes, well, we'll just end it there. Do not pass out. If anybody holds their breath till they pass, pass out, well, we are a charismatic church, so everybody who's used to catching people who are going down the spirit, look around for people who are going down because they've held their breath so much, but don't hurt yourself. So I'm gonna give us two minutes to hold our breaths. I'm gonna do it too. And I want you to pay attention to what happens in your body when you don't have oxygen. Are you ready? Are you ready for it? And if you don't want to do it, feel free to just watch other people and enjoy. So I'm gonna start a two-minute timer and we're gonna do this together, okay? Ready? Steady, go. <gasps> I, can't, I can't anymore, the timer's still going. Who's still up? <laughs> sit down, sit down if you're like me, I'm already sitting. Keep going, keep going. Look around, see people's coping mechanisms. People looking up in the air. <sighs> I had to take a big deep breath after that. Keep looking. All right, we're halfway through our time. Is anybody still up? I'd be very impressed if they were at this point. Anyone? Mm -hmm. All right. Oh, we're under a minute. You can do it. I can't imagine. If people are still up, please give them a cheer. If not, you can just look at me counting down and go, what is she doing? But it's fine. But this is pretty good. <laughs> anybody? I don't think I've ever done this live with people getting past this point. Anyone? Okay, I'm gonna give us the full 30 seconds. Just, you know, just in case. Is anybody cheating? If you think someone's cheating, point them out right now because you know, some people may be attempting. Really? All right, I'm gonna give you 15 more seconds and if you are still surviving, we will give you a huge cheer. And uh, that would be pretty impressive. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, Two, one. Oh, there, oh, that was, <laughs> make it stop, make it stop. Yes, I hear you. Well done, everybody. Uh, if people were standing up at the very end of that, go ask them what they do to give them such great capacity. Now, I am wondering, what did that feel like to be denied oxygen, to not have access to that, what you needed? So I'm gonna pause and I want you to turn to somebody else near you and go, what does it look like for you? Because I know some people experience it some ways and some people experience other ways. So what did it feel like? Describe the feeling. I'll give you 15 seconds to discuss, go. All right, come back to me, come back to me, come back to me. Uh, I think that there is something in your body that you feel. For me, my lungs started to burn, and I don't know why, but I always feel like I just want to explode, like I'm filling up with something. I can feel.
feel it in my body if I can't, if I don't have enough oxygen. When I had double pneumonia, I didn't have enough oxygen and my lips were turning blue and, uh, and I could barely breathe and I was like gasping for air and I could feel it when I don't have enough oxygen, I can feel it. And I think there's something that happens to humans when we feel disconnected from the spirit, when we don't know the ordinary everyday knowledge of being loved by God and known by God and having him in our daily lives and having him a part of our ordinary every days. There's something that happens to our hearts. There's something that happens to our minds because we were made when God made Adam and Eve, he made them designed to hang out with him all day, every day in the garden. That's how humans were made. They were like, here are humans and their job is to hang out with God. And when we get separated from the everyday ordinary with God, when we begin to feel like, oh, I'm sort of living disconnected from God, there's something that happens to us. We feel lost or we feel lonely. We feel confused. We feel um, sometimes sad. Sometimes we feel numb inside. There's something that happens to us where we begin to feel the symptoms of feeling not very connected to God because God is the one who gives us that spirit fuel that helps us live our lives with joy and with the ability to handle all the stuff that comes towards us with the knowledge that we're loved no matter whether we mess up or don't mess up that we are loved just the same God fills us up our tanks of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control and we get so filled up with all of these things when we are around God and we need those to do every day life and when we are getting low on that then we begin to feel the symptoms of that and in our homes can be a place where we feel the most filled because that's what God is designed for us in our ordinary everydays to be filled by God so how do we do that how do we get enough God fuel for our lives well it's sort of the same way we get enough air fuel for our lives so there's uh you know two ways of doing this one is breathing, unconscious breathing. If you notice, while I've been talking, you've been breathing. Look around. People are doing it right now. Just breathing in and out, in and out. It There's a part of our brain in the back right here that does it automatically. You don't have to think about it. When you're sleeping, you still breathe because there's a part of your brain that's like, I'll take over. I'll, I'll make sure that this happens. It is unconscious. It's regular. It's part of that. How many times do you breathe in 30 seconds? It's different for everybody. I want you to count for fun just to see how much in an average 30 seconds do you breathe? Okay, here we go. You ready to count? Just pay attention to it. Everyone's going to look a bit awkward. Okay, notice. You ready? Ready? Steady. Go. Okay, time. I did 12 breaths. How many did you do in 30 seconds in just your normal way of doing it? Hold up your fingers. Interesting. Some people will have more. Some people will have less. Um, kids sometimes, because their bodies are smaller, I think, have a bigger number. I don't know, but look around. It's different for everybody, but that's their unconscious pattern of breathing in and out. It is unconscious. It happens without you having to make it happen. 
we can take over and make it happen differently. But it's just something that God has put inside of us. And I think there are ways of unconsciously in and out, in and out, connecting with God. And it's going to look really boring and ordinary, but it's so important because it's our ordinary, boring breathing that gives our body everything we need to be able to function in our ordinary lives. So for some things, it could be little patterns that happen every day in an ordinary, unconscious way. Like for me, one of the things that I started doing a long time ago, and now it's very unconscious, is when I'm sleeping and I wake up and I'm drooling and I open my eyes. The first thing, I don't even open my eyes first. I sort of go, oh, I think I'm waking up now. And the first thing that I do is go, morning, God. I don't, not out loud. I do it in my head. And that's like the first thing is just to like wake up and say hi to God is the first unconscious thing that I do. It's not even a choice anymore. It's just like how I wake up. Um, taking a shower is like, I don't think I could take a shower and not talk to God anymore because it's just so unconscious to me. It's like my place. I get in the shower and then I'm like, right, this is what we're doing today, God. Um, there's unconscious patterns, whether it's um, putting on worship music over breakfast or uh, I know somebody who who just like unconsciously would like just hum uh, God songs while they were walking to school. There was this one kid who taught me that. Um, I know other people who I'm looking at my list of other things to do, uh, or how you do bedtimes as a family that just sort of becomes a pattern where you just unconsciously can't go to sleep unless you've done your, you know, reading a book about God or reading your Bible or, um, or how you pray or how you ask God to come lay down with you at night. There are these little micro traditions, these little, little mini habits of ways that you unconsciously begin to weave in to your life an unconscious way of connecting with God. I know a family who, whenever they sit down to watch TV, they're like, okay, God, what should we watch? And they just breathe in a little bit of God or before they go into a classroom. There was one teenager who taught me about that whenever she would go into the next classroom, she would just like pause on the outside and be like, okay. And then go in and she would just take this little breath with her body, but also that was her taking a deep, deep breath and just saying, God, give me what I need. And it was like a little, she didn't even say it was the words. She was like, I just, I just sort of breathe in from God what I need for that class. There are these little things that we can make at the beginning to say, I want to make this a, a choice that I'm going to start with and it will become unconscious eventually. So what are the little unconscious things that you already do that you can do more of? Um, what are the things that you want to do that you can start doing? And then you'll notice it becomes a habit. As a family, if you have if you have a family living with you, it might be something that you do together. It might be something that you do individually. You might want to talk about it and say, what do you do unconsciously with God and learn from each other? But have that conversation a bit later. What unconscious things that you want to do? Um, one, uh, one older person told me that uh, she always has tea kettle check-ins with God. Whenever she turns on the kettle, then uh, she just sort of chats to God uh, at the tea kettle. Unconscious stuff. Um, the other thing that uh, we do when we're breathing to get that oxygen in is one, the unconscious stuff that is just the ordinary everyday part of daily life. But sometimes you need more oxygen. I'm going to ask Caleb to choose three people, three people. Uh, Caleb's going to stand up right now, turn around. Uh, if you would be a volunteer to do something that will make you need more oxygen, uh, feel free to volunteer. Okay, we'll pick three people and bring them up to the front. And uh, could you put them on one side, on the ground, on one side of the room? And what we're going to do is we're going to watch. We're all just going to watch. Come on forward. Come on forward. All the way over there. Okay, you ready? We're going to just watch them breathe. Just watch them breathe. They're normally breathing. That's fine. 
What I'd like for them to do is run as fast as they can back and forth for 45 seconds. And what we're going to see is, does their breathing change? Ready? <laughs> Steady. Are you ready? No pushing. This is not a race. But if you feel like they're jogging slowly, you must encourage them to go faster because this is about fast. This is about working your body hard. Are you ready? On your marks, even though it's not a race, get set, go. Faster, 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 faster. Cheer them on. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah, you're getting tired now, faster. Keep going. Okay, now I feel like it sort of should turn into a race. It's a race, don't push. Keep going. Who's gonna win? Yeah. <laughs> keep going. Oh, 15 more seconds, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. You can do it. All right, let's all do a countdown from 10. Ready, 10, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, and time. All right, who won, who won? Cheer the winner, cheer them all. Now, most of all, watch where their breathing is. Are they breathing faster? Are they breathing slower? What are they doing? Faster, yeah, they're breathing faster. They may be on the ground right now or leaning over heavily. It's because they're desperately trying to get more oxygen in their body because something happened to them that they needed more oxygen. <laughs> they need it, they need it, they need it. And so what they're doing is they're taking in more oxygen because their cells and their muscles are saying, I need more to do what's happening for me now. Let's give them all applause. Thank you, they may go sit down now. There are times in our lives where we need more of God's presence and more of God's love more of God's companionship. There are times where you are um, going to a new school or you are, I just, I just walked away from a job, so I'm now unemployed and I need God a lot because my thoughts start to spiral and I begin to go, oh no, what am I thinking? And am I thinking, I think this is gonna be great. I have no idea what I'm doing. And I begin to spiral. I need more of God in seasons sometimes because I just need more of his peace and I need more of his love. There are times where you may have lost a family member or a friend. Um, they may have died, they may be sick. You may be facing a house move. You may be having nightmares at night and you're like, God, I need you. There are times where we need more of God in the ordinary, everyday, boring bits of life. And that is not a crisis. It is not because God has walked away. It is not because something bad is happening. It's because there are seasons where your body goes, I know what I need. Your heart knows. I know what I need. Your mind knows. I know what I need. It's more of God. And you get to figure out in your ordinary life what that is. Jesus used to go get in a boat and go out sometimes. He was one time he just went out to a boat to hang out with God. And then he went for a walk in the hills. I know people who go for bike rides with God or people who love to do art with God because that is just a time where they set aside and to take some time with God to do art or to dance or to lay on the floor and play music, or to read more stories, or to get together as a family and read the Bible. There are times where you think we need more of God, and it's okay to grab onto God and do that more, to pray more, to push into it, because you're just breathing heavy in your spirit, and that's good. So whether you are just getting into the pattern of just breathing God in and out in your ordinary everyday life, Talk about that together of what that might look like and make space for each other to grab those micro traditions of learning how to breathe God in and out with just your daily life. 
And know if you're in a season where you just need more of God, you can talk to each other. You can give permission to yourself to wake up in the morning and say, God, what are we doing today? Or God, I need more of you and I need to access that. And you may want to go forward for ministry or have someone pray for you to help you access more of God. But having a spirit-fueled life doesn't mean that you have to be anybody different than who you are. Just means that you can pay attention to the unconscious things that we can do to connect with God and sometimes gasp in more of him because that's the season you're in. So have a spirit-fueled home and enjoy.